1: Hello
0: everybody. And welcome to the wild card weekend edition of the wing foot locks brought to you by wing foot sports, Joe Maseri here on this end, Greg Hoyle there on that end. And Greg, thank you for leaving the Philly hat to the side for today. No, 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 no. You said it was in the side. It's buried deep. We can talk about the game. That is pleasure enough. Uh, that color makes me sick. Anyway, before we get to the games for the weekend. Uh, We have a couple. He's showing me a Philadelphia Phillies hat, which uh, that's that's for another season. Greg, (laughs) before we get to these games for wildcard weekend, though, we do have a little accounting that we have to do for uh, our listeners and, and, and fans out there. So in the beginning of the season, before we started it off, we gave you season win totals and now it's time to pay on those. And this season, we were five and one in our season win total picks. The New York Giants, Chicago Bears, Washington Redskins, Los Angeles Chargers all went under the season win totals, which we told you right here before the season started. The one over that we picked the Miami Dolphins over four and a half wins came through in week 17 winning in New England. I mean, we never had a doubt, though, right, Greg?
1: Full disclosure, that one I had totally forgot about because that was Chris's pick. When he he said that text, I was like, wow, that's a way to sneak in the back door there.
0: Yes, the back door wide open as it was many times this season. I don't think we're going to see too many back doors as we get into the playoffs here, though. And why don't we start with the game that the Miami Dolphins impacted here? Uh, This wild card weekend with the New England Patriots in an unfamiliar position, having to play in the opening round as they host the Tennessee Titans, coached by former Patriot Mike Vrabel. We've gone back and forth a lot on this one, Greg. You have some strong feelings, so I'm going to let you go first on this game and I'll wrap it up.
1: Yeah, I like how you give me credit. For strong feelings, yet I'm only willing to take the money line here. And <laughs> uh, but you, you just mentioned unfamiliar situation, right? So it's it's the playoffs, and this is what uh, basically the Patriots gear up for all all year, every year, right? The regular season is just basically you know a walk through, and then you get to this point, and they did a, a terrible job trying to salvage home field, but uh, until. They stop making me money in the (laughs) playoffs. I'm going to continue to bet on the Patriots. And it's as simple as that. I took them last year the entire way, the year before that, the year before that. I'm just riding the Patriots. I understand it's going to stop at some point. um, But I, I don't think, I just don't think Tennessee in their first playoff game. I get that they've got the big run game, the big pass game. All the stats say that Tennessee's got the better quarterback left uh, and then the better running back. Uh, but they save these tools. Michelle, um, James White, You know they're, they're going to utilize those weapons a lot better um, now that we're into this time of year. So I just think the Patriots defense thrives against the run. Uh, they should be able to stuff Henry. Uh, And I really don't think that they have the wide receiving core to really smoke the Patriots in the air. Plus, we should have some rain um, on Saturday night. That's at least the current forecast. So if Belichick chooses to stop the run, which I think would be a good idea, and make Tannehill beat them, uh, I love that bet. So I'm going to go money line on the Pats. Right now I'm seeing around minus 220. Minus 225, we already talked about. I'm uncomfortable um, laying more than than three points in the playoffs. Um, so this is a lot to buy. I'm not going to you know, load up on it, but I'm definitely going to take it. I don't want to have Tennessee on the road plus five. That's just me. All right. So I have
0: a question first before I go and take it to this game. You said you... Have been on New England season after season in the playoffs. That included a matchup against your Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. Where were you on that one?
1: Uh, Eagles and the Under. Uh so it didn't cash. Uh, I did not see Nick Foles out dueling uh Tom Brady. So it was a it was a uh I did them both and, and made no money. You know I wasn't gonna go against the Eagles there.
0: <laughs> we can't let fandom get in the way of the green. Can't let one oh. green get in the way of the other green.
1: Well, let put it this way. I extended my limits with my guy via text message and. I chickened, I chickened away from it by the time it came to put it in through the actual site. So if he would have taken the actual text message bet that I would have uh, sent him, I would have been in good shape, but I I don't know. I just lacked confidence.
0: Uh, Fair enough. I can't, I can't imagine why when you're playing Tom Brady and the New England Patriots in their prime. Okay. So back to this year and the current situation that we're talking about here, the New England Patriots have not been, offensively proficient to put it mildly this season. They have struggled any they have played a good team. The one caveat has been that their defense has been able to score for them, which is why they've even managed to put up as many of the points that they have in some of the games this season. And when that's happened, it's been against really bad teams. We were just looking through their schedule earlier, as we've looked at through all season, we're talking about the giants, the Redskins, the Jets, the Dolphins twice, even though they lost that last one, the Bengals, they have scored against really bad teams this season. In the other games, they've managed to win very tight, close games. I think it was uh, 17-10 against the Eagles, maybe 13-6, I think it was, against the Cowboys or something like that. But they did manage to come out on top in those games. So even if they win this game, I cannot see them winning big. So let's start right there. Because I said, if they win this game, you touched on the fact that they lost to the Miami Dolphins in the final week of this season. And while, yes, the New England Patriots do gear up for the postseason, I expected them to gear up for the postseason by destroying the Miami Dolphins and getting a week off to rest up before they faced whoever was waiting. And in the past, giving Bill Belichick an extra week to prepare has been huge. Now we talked a little bit about first time jitters. I think one of the things that's going to help the Tennessee Titans a little bit in this one is the fact that they beat new England last year and that still stays fresh in their mind. Also their coach, Mike Brabel, is a former Patriot. You know, he's going to be fired up to go for this one. It is hard to see to anybody going in to new England and beating them in Foxborough in the playoffs. However, I said probably about five or six weeks ago that if this Tennessee Titans team makes the playoffs, they are going to be a scary team to face. I honestly think it's going to be a field goal game either way. Would not be surprised if Tennessee wins this one outright. And if it's a blowout. We talked about this before we came on here, Greg. If it's a blowout, I think Tennessee is going to be the team that blows them out. They have a really balanced attack. They have the leading rusher in the league in Derrick Henry and the top rated passer in the NFL, believe it or not, Ryan Tannehill. Granted, he didn't play the whole season. And you talk about their wide receivers. I think Corey Davis and A.J. Brown have proven to be really proficient there. Throw in John New Smith and what he's managed to do coming in. I think their wide receiving core is vastly underrated. Bill Belichick is known for taking away what you do best. That's going to be the run in this one because Derrick Henry's a beast. I think it's going to be on Tannehill to move the ball. And I think his receivers can win one-on-one matchups. I'm going to take the five points and go with the Tennessee Titans in this one. I'll give you a rebuttal, Greg.
1: I I, I just think it's cute that you think Tannehill is going to march into Foxboro in heavy rain in the 40s in his first playoff game. And blow them
0: out well no 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 no. i don't think they're gonna blow them out if it's a blowout it's going one way and i think the tennessee titans have blowout potential of the two so that's the night game tomorrow go ahead you wanted one last word i'll let you get the last word no
1: no no no. i i I think we both stand in a good position to to cash i'm just i'm just saying I'm, i'm gonna ride the uh I'm going to ride the horse until it bucks me off.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. All right. The other game on Saturday, the Buffalo bills head into Houston to take on the Texans right now. The bills are plus two and a half. It opened at three, bet down to two and a half total is 43 and a half in this one. Um, Greg, what do you think is going to be the deciding factor in this game? If you got to pick one thing that's going to decide this game, what are you looking at?
1: Yeah, so we, we talk a lot. I don't love putting a lot of, um, I don't want to say stock or anything like that. I just don't like putting a ton of uh, you know, points on one player, especially if it's a skills position player. But Will Fuller seems to have a pretty big impact, pretty similar to T.Y. Hilton, right? So there's some pretty decent splits. Uh, for the Colts when they have T.Y. Hilton and then against them. And there's just a pretty bad... trend going that just like the yards per attempt that uh, Deshaun Watson has when Will Fuller is in the game versus when he's not in the game. It's like a totally different quarterback and they get a lot more conservative, uh, which if they get conservative and there's no Will Fuller, who he said to be a game time decision, but he's a game time decision with the groin. So it started out as three right now. The Lions even at, two and a half so you can get bills two and a half even money so i'm thinking of buying that back up to three to lay minus 120 and then that way if there's either a groin tweak or the game time decision is not in the texans favor i feel really good about the the bills there um in that situation i just you know i think You know, I think the Bill's defense, defense will travel. We like McDermott as a coach, always have. I I think he gets the most out of the team there. Uh, I think he's definitely a lot better than than Bill O'Brien, who I think Bill O'Brien's only playoff win was against the backup quarterback for the Raiders. Yep the uh, Michigan State guy a couple years back. So I'm thrilled that Pittsburgh didn't sneak in so we'd see some terrible quarterbacks. <laughs> um, and, you know, if Josh Allen, Josh Allen has to pit hit at least one to two forty-yard passes in order for them to secure this game. But you know, one for five, you know, one for six, well, two for six, and those type of scenarios. You know, he's highly inaccurate, but if he lands one or two of them, they'll have a big impact on the game. So,
0: yeah, Josh uh, John Brown has changed it with uh, what he 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 has been to the Bills. What Will Fuller has been to the Texans a little bit.
1: Yep. And 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 then also their change from Gore to Singletary, they're just a lot more efficient on the ground. Singletary's averaging like between five and a half and six yards per carry, which is just ridiculous. So he's he's just a more dynamic back.
0: So I think that you mentioned, obviously, the coaching thing. Uh, One of the things that you didn't touch on, though, J.J. Watt coming back in this one. How much what?
1: I'm just. Uh, you kidding me? I, I I don't understand how his pec is going to hold up. Um, and quite frankly, I think it's ill advised that he's coming back this quickly uh, from that type of thing. So I, I I'm not factoring that much on on the game.
0: All right. So you don't think he's going to have a big impact in this one?
1: I think he has a marginal impact regardless, uh, but he's come back. And, uh, <laughs> wow. I, I, I find him off injured, highly overpaid, and just not – not that big into JJ watt
0: wow he got that contract obviously coming off as defensive Player of the year uh, award so I guess I guess maybe that year he was uh, yeah. adequately how, compensated
1: how, how, how they do in the playoffs that year
0: uh, probably won a game and lost I don't know was that the year that he had the thing against Cincinnati they,
1: they, they probably beat Connor Cook and then lost the round.
0: <laughs> yeah something like yeah. that um, all right so yeah no I, I mean look you touched on just about everything when it comes to uh, these two teams in this one JJ Watt being the one thing. The other thing is the bills haven't won a playoff game. I think since uh, the mid nineties, which is, is, is pretty impressive. Their last playoff game was against Carolina, which was another low scoring game uh, defensively led Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback. That's what uh, two years ago now. So um, this, this team is obviously built on defense. And as they go, uh, so goes the team. I think the fact that This is playoff season. And I always think that when it comes to the playoffs, I'm going to go with the defensive team over the offensive team. And we know that Houston's defense just has not been good uh, this season. You throw in the fact that I think uh, McDermott, is going to come up with a better game plan than uh, bill O'Brien is. And I think that's going to be the two difference makers in this game that make me lean toward Buffalo. Look, I don't love it at two and a half. I'm not touching it. I'll either buy it up to three or throw it into teas um, going through those, obviously two key numbers as we talk about being three and, and seven. So that's definitely a good spot in this one um, if you're going that route, but I think this is going to be a, a close game and I think because Buffalo doesn't have that ability to blow out anyone with that offense. Um, But I I do think that they're going to have the edge in this one. Wouldn't be surprised if they win another close one outright. Either way, I think we're going to have two really good games of Saturday football to watch.
1: Yeah, excited excited for that. Very glad Pittsburgh isn't in.
0: Yes, absolutely. We've had some bad opening round playoff games in, in recent history. So let's move on to the Sunday games where we've got the first game, the Minnesota Vikings host uh, visiting the New Orleans Saints. The Saints come in seven and a half or eight point favorites right now, depending on where you look. Their total at forty nine and a half. Um, Greg, this Minnesota Vikings team, is, as you mentioned, is, has played tough all season uh, that game. Uh, not including, obviously, that game against the Green Bay Packers down the stretch during the season. And we all know about the injury to Dalvin Cook. What's your take going into this one on how you think the Vikings will fare down in New Orleans?
1: Yeah, I think we we discussed this being a game that's kind of got me, you know, pretty neutral, right? So, like, I, you know, I'm not going to bet against New Orleans at home, but, I, I you know, I like this I like this Vikings team. I don't think there's any way to know how how healthy Dalvin Cook is, uh, and I think that's difficult. He got the week off last week, right? But I think the last game that he played in, he was knocked out like in the second quarter or something yes. like that.
0: So he's had the last two weeks off. He missed the Green Bay game, and then he was off in, against Chicago in the finale. Right
1: right so that's a to me that's an unknown that i don't have any sort of inside information and if he's healthy enough and makes it through the game i think that impacts the play action and the vikings ability to not only keep it close but to be you know pretty pretty um you know pretty much of a pest um to the saints because i think they can score with them um so i'm staying away from from this game i'd I, I'd probably only take the points because I'm not laying over a touchdown there. It's at seven and a half or eight, uh, wherever you're seeing it from. Um, so I'm just, I'm, I'm going to stay away. I'll probably keep it out of a lot. Um, you know, it's, it's an option. If you want to take the, the Saints just to win to run it through some, some teases. I just think there's better, there's better numbers to play out there.
0: You know, I think I think one of the keys for me in this one is is that the Saints defense has kind of been sneaky good uh, against the run specifically. I think they were um top five against the run this year. Um, their secondary has been suspect at times though. And the Vikings, despite what you think about Kurt Cousins, have the wide receivers to kind of exploit that in digs and Thielen. The question is going to be, if they get pressure on, on Kurt Cousins with those front four, and we know Cam Jordan is wrecked games. Um, they had that game against the Falcons, where I think they had like nine sacks as a team. Jordan had five or something like that. Um, they, they can, if they can get pressure, then I think that they're going to, win this game easily but one thing that i think is interesting is there any scenario greg where you see minnesota going into new orleans and winning
1: so there's a, a stat that comes back and, and bugs me here because i wouldn't expect it but uh, apparently i think i've brought it up to you i don't know if it's been on air or off air but apparently um zimmer for the past however many years, has been one of the top um, covering coaches. And then, what's his name, uh, Cousins on one o'clock Sunday games is something like 65, 66% against the spread. Right. So, when you ask that question in my head, I would initially say, like, no, there's no way that they win, but they cover. But apparently, these are situations where Cousins is pretty good, right? And that's the biggest, you know, Cook's Cook's health, and then Kirk Cousins. Can he really lead you to a win? I'm I'm not going to bet against them. I'm, I'm not going to lay those points. So, right. But I'm not going to I'm not going to sprinkle moneyline juice on on the Vikings either.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. But I I do think it's interesting, right? This is the one game this weekend where I think. Uh, so you didn't answer the question, a true politician. Um,
1: but <laughs> no, no, I can't see them winning. But there's plenty to suggest that it's a possibility. More than I, I, think I don't think they're the least likely dog to win, if if that makes sense.
0: Oh, that's interesting, and we'll get to that in this. Well, no, right now. So then, who is the least likely dog to win? Because I could see all of the other underdogs this weekend
1: winning outright. The the least likely dog to win is Tennessee. Wow.
0: Oh, wow. All right. I see how it is. So that would be your dog with fleas, as
1: you like to say. Pub- public dog.
0: All right. Um, that's that's very interesting. We might what,
1: have to right? we, the, the, the Brady Belichick uh, dynasty is over, right?
0: Well, we might have to make our own wager on this offline. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I think I might have to take that plus 220 uh, that okay. you're willing to lay there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll see about that one. I listen, I don't see any way that the uh, Vikings are going to New Orleans and win this one, but I I do think that they cover. I just think thought it was interesting cuz in my mind the Vikings are the only underdog uh on wildcard weekend that I can I can't see winning outright so uh it's too many points for me to lay uh with the saints uh i would take the points with the vikings if we're looking at it like that at seven and a half or eight uh the one other thing that i want to say here though and the part of the reason that i brought up them winning outright is because this could be the nice second half of your tease with buffalo if you take the bills and go from two and a half up to eight and a half uh and then take them down from eight to Uh, two, I think that looks like a pretty nice teaser for the weekend uh, to pair those two together at at key numbers right now.
1: Yeah, I don't mind that. And then I also don't mind uh, because, you know, you're selecting home home teams there on the back end and you'll know whether or not you've covered the front end very early. Uh, But whether you want to do that or whether you want to put some faith in the holes at home as well, getting over a touchdown, I think those are two Two ways to look at it. I Do you know how I want to see this game end, by the way?
0: Uh, how you want to see it end. You want to see it end with Drew Brees uh, throwing to Alvin Kamara out of the backfield.
1: I want to see Minnesota. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.
0: Wait, wait, wait. wait. Don't, don't say that yet. Okay, so the Eagles being the sixth seed. Uh, no, this won't impact them. If they win, they're going to go face the one seed either way. Nope. Uh, nope. Eagles are the four-seed. Oh, that's right. Okay, so you want to see the Vikings win.
1: I want to see the Vikings driving down the field and have a play get interfered with on the last drive, Ah. the game-winning drive, and for it to not be called on the field and for it to be reviewed and for the review to come back as P.I., and the vikings to win because of it. So you are it a, a poetic justice in, in my mind. I would love it.
0: You are still so mad at Sean Payton for oh, it, for blaming yeah, that it call. Was,
1: it was the worst coaching job I've ever seen. They acted like the game was over when the second that play happened. They totally lost their composure and blew that game and blamed it on the refs. Yeah,
0: forgot yeah. to forgot to run the ball with Alvin Kamara.
1: Right. Yeah. And Mark Ingram. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was ridiculous. Um, it was ridiculous coaching, not officiating. Well, it was both, but everyone, <laughs> and and now it's totally changed the rules, and everyone complains about the new rule, but it shouldn't it shouldn't be in there.
0: But I want to point that out for a second, right? You said it was both. It was first. It was bad coaching, right? Poor coaching in that he, he got too smart for the moment. He outthought himself, right? Yep. He the, the simple answer there in that moment for Sean Payton. And for those of you who don't remember what we're talking about, obviously it was the Rams and the Saints in the NFC championship game last year. Saints are driving. They could have basically run out the clock. And given the ball back, given the ball back to the Rams with little to no time left, but instead they decided to throw the ball on first and third down, right? I believe they ran it on second down, but the Rams had one time out. I think this is the scenario, but Sean Payton, had he run the ball would have given Jared Goff basically no time to get in position for Greg Zerline to kick the field goal that sent it to overtime where they eventually lost. It was poor coaching that non-call on pass interference that was clearly pass interference, though, kind yep. of gave uh, gave him a pass from most people, not Greg Hoyle, who's still <laughs> holding Sean Payne's feet to the fire every,
1: for that one. Everyone loves to throw around the word, word accountability and everything like that. There, there was no looking in the mirror. Sig Kai man, I should know better than that.
0: <laughs> yes, well. The
1: man in the mirror.
0: That's it. And Drew Brees is a significant Sig, if I've ever seen one.
1: All right. So to that to
0: yeah. Oh, that's true. Two of them. So to, to the final, uh, to the final game of the weekend, and you're going to be uh, licking your chops all weekend long for this one, Greg is the Seattle Seahawks head to Philadelphia because of, uh, about maybe two and a half inches. If that up in Seattle, that they couldn't cross the goal line uh, on the Sunday night game against the San Francisco 49ers. So now they have to head cross country to take on the Eagles who snuck into the playoffs by winning the terrible, terrible NFC East. However, they're here. They're in the dance. And now everybody's record is zero and zero. Just go out and win. I know you're going to be biased in this one. So Greg, tell me why you like the Eagles.
1: So I try not to be biased. Right. Uh, And I already got enough enough in my preseason bet for them to win the Super Bowl, which is just really (laughs) dead, dead money at this point. Um, So tell me that there's not a little bit of a letdown from Seattle with the chance to win that division the way that that game ended being that close yep. to winning that game, which thank goodness, cause we were all over San Fran in that game. So that was, that was a big win for us going what three and one when, when all was said and done,
0: when the dust settled and they had called it a, a not a touchdown. He was down at the one three and one last weekend.
1: Yep. So, so to me, that's a big letdown. And if there's any team that I want to see right now, it's Seattle. Seattle's got their own injury issues. Philly's riddled with injuries, right? I, uh, that's that's a given. But Seattle, not only at the running back spot, I've also been looking into. It looks like uh, Dwayne Brown's already been ruled out. Yeah. Tackle um,
0: Mike Iupati.
1: Yep. Uh, he's he's questionable. He's not practicing. So I, I'd be surprised. They've also got Joseph Hunt and Phil Haynes, um, who are additional centers and guards that were limited. I'm going to be keeping an eye on that. It doesn't even matter because I'm going to load up uh, <laughs> on, on the Eagles because 85% of the public is on the Seahawks right now, and public money moved the Eagles from being a one-point favorite or one-and-a-half-point favorite to now the Seahawks being the one or one-and-a-half-point favorite. So that alone is – you know kind of my my handicap to this point and i am very well aware of the eagles injuries but they've been handling it pretty well. Their backup tackle filling in for Lane Johnson uh, has Super Bowl experience. Uh, Vitae um, is the backup right tackle. He played well in the playoffs in 2017, 2018. He was just filling in from time to time. But, you know, it's not a new guy. Uh, their guard is going to be different. That's that's not going to – Pryor is not going to be a new guy and these are the same practice squad guys that they've been trotting out there for the last couple of weeks that are hungry. So I like the offense. The yeah. the defense has been playing uh, considerably better, and I've been beating the Carson Wentz drum for since he was drafted. And quite frankly, it, it's just it's great to see them backs against the wall win these last couple of games. So this is me getting to to be a little bit of a homer. But his stats in the fourth quarter have just been impeccable. Um, I'd like to see them front running a little bit more and not in so many of these second half games. Uh, But I think the Eagles at home dip different atmosphere in a playoff game. I think you muck it up like they did against the uh, Falcons two years back, play good D and as much, uh, as much heat as Schwartz takes on that defense for, you know, not getting them ready. They've showed up pretty well in in playoff games, so I, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be pretty hungry. I'm 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 very interested, and there's gonna be massive buzz going around the stadium.
0: I heard a couple of Giants fans on local New York radio today saying they want Jim Schwartz here on the Giants staff next season. That's I know the Eagles aren't gonna give him up, but just that's some respect that Jim Schwartz is getting there.
1: As as a head coach? Uh,
0: no, 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 not as the head coach. They want him as a DC. As a yeah.
1: yeah Yeah. i just i i don't uh it's back um it's the art of war thing right you know take your enemy by surprise type of thing Mm -hmm. i like being you know multiple having multiple different ways so that way the enemy doesn't know what the heck you're going to do everyone knows what jim schwartz is going to do right right but you know you take belichick for an example it's OK, what is he going to stop? Right. So you may think that the run game is what he's going to stop, but he may not stop the run game. He may stop these two other factors. So and that's also where I think Seattle has really uh Lost their edge is that they used to be multiple on offense and they have no run game now. All well, of their well, running backs are gone.
0: Right, all of their running backs are gone. Number one, uh, although Homer looked okay coming out of the backfield, I don't think anybody really was ready to see how they were going to use him uh, last week. But listen, so I, you touched on a lot of things that I, I, I want to respond to. Carson Wentz, I'll start there when he's been healthy has been a really good quarterback uh, in the NFL since he came into the league. And obviously Nick Foles took that baton for the Eagles and took it across the finish line. But, he has been absolutely solid when he's been healthy there uh, for Philadelphia. Boston Scott, he seemingly has come out of nowhere uh, and was ready to go against the Giants. I think sometimes when these guys come in and they have fresh legs and they have the desire to prove themselves at the end of the season, this, we see a couple of these guys do this every year, and and you're seeing that right now. The, not only is Seattle down running backs, let's not forget their wide receivers are a little bit injured. They don't have. They didn't have their top three tight ends uh, for that game against the 49ers. Uh, they don't have Josh Gordon anymore, who was there for a couple games. Um, Tyler Lockett, I he's playing. I don't know if he's 100% because um, he didn't look the same, and I know he was dealing with injuries throughout the season. The other thing is when a team goes from win, almost winning the division and then they have to play this. Uh, division winner who sneaks in that usually doesn't get any credit. It has not proved well for the better regular season team in the past. And two examples that come to mind. The first one is the Denver Broncos taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers one year where the Tim Tebow led Denver Broncos took Pittsburgh to overtime and in overtime on the first play Tebow hit to Marius Thomas for the, I think it was like an 80-yard touchdown after the kickoff, and the Broncos ended up going on to beat the Steelers. Now, that game was on a Saturday, obviously, because Tim Tebow plays terrible on Sundays. So... <laughs> That that was one case. The other case is actually involving the Seattle Seahawks. They hosted I believe they made the playoffs at eight and eight. They might have even been seven and nine one year. They won their division, though, when the NFC East was really bad. And the New Orleans Saints had to go to Seattle to play them. It was the beginning of the Legion of Boom. It was the beginning of Marshawn on Lynch and, and uh, when, when he his run over there. And that was the beast quake game where they actually won outright against the New Orleans team. So these are two. Examples that come to mind recently where we've had this type of situation play out, where a division winner sneaks in, not a very good record, and then a team that had a chance to go and be a top seed ends up falling back, having to play them. It does not bode well for them. I think that the injuries are just too much right now for Seattle. I think they have Russell Wilson, and that's about it, and I think that Jim Swartz style is suited to beat this injured team right now, they are going to go and put so much pressure on Russell Wilson. He doesn't have the the players right now who are going to be able to get open down the field. He doesn't have the run game that he can turn to. And I think it, it's just too much. The one caveat I will put in there, uh, Greg, correct me on this, but I believe Carson Wentz is 0-4 okay. against the Seattle Seahawks in his career.
1: It sounds accurate. OK. And I, I think I, I can confirm 0-2.
0: Oh, and two. And I think Russell Wilson is six and one against the
1: Eagles.
0: (laughs) So those are the two, two caveats that I'm going to, that I'm going to have on there. But Greg talked about his bias earlier. Every being of my existence wanted to pick against the Philadelphia Eagles being a Dallas Cowboy fan. But I think the Eagles are the right side in this one. And my green, unfortunately lies with your green in this one, Greg, I think the Eagles are going to win this one uh, outright. So with a point and a half, I'll take that, and I'll take the Eagles to advance to the next round.
1: Uh, quick to go back. Do you remember who you watched the Beastquake game with?
0: I'm gonna assume it was you, but no, I have no idea where I was at that time.
1: Where I I think we were at. Uh, we were in like some part of New York at that point we weren't in college anymore but I remember I think it was like your uncle's or your cousin's house or something like that uh, but I'm pretty sure like I remember watching it with you and I think Charlie and uh, I just remember I'm like where where was I for that? I was with Joe <laughs> <laughs> and
0: listen we watched so many games together that you can remember some of the details I mean please so they go way back that's what we're, we're drawing on our Rolodex right now Uh, of of, of picks and and previous playoff games for this one. So let me recap for the fans out there who are listening this weekend. We are going with the Buffalo bills. We like them in a tease uh, getting eight and a half or nine. If it goes to three, we'll go with the bills, but it's bills are passing that one for us as they head to Houston to take on the Texans. We are split and we got to talk offline about a little bit of action here, Greg uh, on Tennessee and new England, new England right now, minus five, Tennessee, uh, I like Tennessee plus the points in this one. Greg is going to go with the Patriots' money line. The Saints against the Vikings. I say if you're looking at the game straight up, you got to go Vikings or pass. However, I like the idea of taking the Saints in a tease going down to two. That could be the second half of your Buffalo tease if you're looking at that one there. And then finally, Greg and I both on the Eagles as they host the Seahawks getting one and a half right now. I think the Seahawks are going to win outright. Greg will always tell you, take the point and a half, though. It's not worth (laughs) It's not worth losing the juice.
1: It's it's good to have you on the, the birds train here, Joey.
0: Uh, Just for a week, because next week I'm going to load up the other side heavy. I can promise you that one. And plus, Uh, I'll have a couple extra dollars in my pocket to do it, hopefully.
1: No no Uh, look-aheads. Yes.
0: One week at a time. Indeed. This week is Wild Card Weekend. It was a great season, 2019. The playoffs are here. We're in 2020. And so our vision is clear, baby. Let's go. Enjoy your wild card weekend for Greg Hoyle, Joe Massiri. That's me. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Wingfoot Locks brought to you by Wingfoot Sports. And as always, remember, it's not whether you win or lose, it's whether or not
1: you cover the spread. Enjoy the playoffs, everyone.